Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Hey, Taylor County. I'm Alex Renneman with Unleashed Tiger. I'm here with Doug Floor, running for Board of Education. Doug, thanks for coming on the program. Well, Alex, thank you very much. All Glad right. to be here. Been, been a short four years. Yes, it has. Very Time quick. Flies, right? yeah. Hey, well, let's, let's start out. I mean, you, sure. you've, been, you've been on the board, so you probably yeah. can answer this probably again. Me. What is the Board of Education? I mean, what does a board member do? So a board member is really part of a team. The board, board members as individuals really don't have any power. So that's one first thing you've got to learn as a board member. You're the elected official that's focused on everything concerning education in your county, whether it's teacher's pay or curriculum. The buck stops with the board, but the board has to operate as a group. So it's not really an individual effort. It's your ability to function as a board member. Yeah, it makes sense. So now you've had four years of peaking from the inside. Yeah. Why are you running again? That's a good question. Um, I, think, I think four years ago I, t I told Alex, and I, and I haven't forgotten this, Everything I've succeeded in in my life came from education, and it started right here in Taylor County. And that's, that's what's been important to me. And so my wife and I were gone. We were in the military for a long time, came back home, and I realized that this area was struggling a little bit. And we've always had great teachers. We've got really smart kids that are in the classroom. And I felt that I needed to help that situation. And so I spent the last four years working pretty hard with a, with a group of very dedicated individuals on the board to ensure that we provide the county with, with everything that they needed. Uh, because the reality for me is uh, there's only two ways to impact on economic development in this state. One is flat ground. We don't have any of that. And the other is an educated workforce. We have to give kids the opportunity to either go into a technical field or go on to college. And that foundation for our community starts right in our school system. So I don't think there's anything more important to do than work on the school board. Yeah, yeah. So you may have already alluded to this fact that you've yeah. been on the school board and your, your previous career, but share with us a, a role or a challenge or some experience in your life that is at least in part you feel like it's, it's helped you be ready for this role or be the right fit for, for a board member. Well, you're a veteran, so you know, kind of know you, you have to plan, you have to execute, you're, you've got to be part of a system. Uh, I think that, that helped me quite a bit uh, move into the board role. In fact, I would tell you that uh, one of the things I think the board had as a challenge when I first got there, and not just myself, but Pat Tucker and I came on at the same time, was the fact that the budget process wasn't working as well as it should have. Uh, and, that, and that's sometimes, that's not because there's bad people involved in it. It's just that they're not very systems oriented. Where in the military, you have to be or, or people, people don't come home. And so we started pushing for budget meetings further out than what they were used to. So now what we do is annually, we do three or four budget meetings prior to the execution of the budget. What that's allowed us to do is, uh, is to make sure that the resources are focused at critical points. And because it's given us a little bit of play, we've been able to help teachers out with a bonus every year for the last, I think the last three years. We've given bonuses in this county because we've wired, we're wired tight on the budget. At the same time, we've got this, the people of the county are very generous uh, with the levy. The levy allows us to maintain the infrastructure. And so 
Uh, I think it's, it's that methodology of making sure the systems are in place and that everything's conducted fairly to give everyone the same shot at a good education. What's something tangible that recently you've done, an experience maybe within the board or otherwise, that, they can, that, that, that folks, voters can point to to say, yeah, this is, this is the right guy? Well, I'll talk a little bit about math curriculum. Uh, when I first came on the board, and uh, there were several of us that realized very quickly that we had wonderful elementary schools, um, three elementary schools operating off three different math curriculums. Now, that's a problem because the building blocks for math are laid at the elementary school level, and then when you get to the junior high, they're going to polish that, and then you ought to hit the run phase when you get in the high school, where you, whether you're prepping to, to work construction, you know, you have to construction math, or you're going to go on to college, you need to pass your, your, uh, your ACTs. Um, that, that's an issue. So what we did was we, uh, we helped align that curriculum. We made sure as a board that that curriculum got stuck where it needed to be. All three elementary schools were aligned. And so when, they, when those students get to the junior high, the, ju the junior high math teachers and middle school math teachers, they should be seeing the same skill sets as they come in. And so it, it's forcing the mechanisms to where you have teachers meeting with each other and talking about and picking the right curriculum and having uh, a good superintendent that's going to make sure that the, those dynamics are working. And that's what produces excellence. So I would tell you that there's... Uh, the statistics for the counties are, are maintained at the state level, but they're very difficult to access. Where you can go to something like uh, Greg Digger, which is what real estate people use in order to show you if you're going to buy a home in an area, it'll show you, you know, what, what the schools look like, sure. local schools. We're eighth in the state right now. Uh, Twenty years ago, we were, we were probably tenth in the state. We had a period where we dropped all the way down in the 20s. So we were about mediocre in the state. And in the last four years, we have steadily climbed back up to where this district is eighth in the state, according to that metric. I think, I think that's, that says a lot for the community and the effort that they put into education. The board has to lead that effort. They ought to provide the vision for it. Wow, that's, that's yeah. really great news. I've, I've not seen it. That's yeah. grade digger is what that is? That's it's, what it's grade digger is okay. what it is. So it's actually used by real estate agents. Yeah. And, and what they do is they take your, your your state test scores, and they take the teacher to student ratios, and another couple of criteria, and then they come up with with a very quick estimate. You can pull it up, and you can look all the way back to I think 2009. Okay, wow, that's great. So, if if, if you're reelected, um, what is your strategy? I mean, I'm sure you, you the first the first four years probably had one set of strategies yeah. that you put in place. What is your strategy for a successful term? And again, I know the interdependent nature, the team nature of a of a board, but what is your strategy? You think for this next uh, term? One of the things I'll tell you is you, you, can't, you can't stop focusing on the money, on the budget. Uh, one of the things I want to do is, is make sure that we're supporting the levy effort. We need that levy. I, I don't think that this county would survive without the levy that the people of this county vote for. We, we pay for an enormous amount of infrastructure. We need to focus on teacher stability. Flemington is a superb school, and the reason it's a superb school is because of the teachers, the core group of teachers that we have in there. If we can keep teachers in this county and in a stable platform, we're going to grow. When we, when we have a school where the teachers are coming and going, and part of that plays into this issue that we've got with state aid formula, and I'll talk on that a little bit. But the reality of it is, you know, we, we, have, we pull a lot of young teachers from Mont County. We polish them. 
we've put a lot of effort into them, and they can't find a place to live here in the county. And Mon County offers more money, and the first thing you know, they're, they're out the door and they're back to Mon County. That hurts our students. So we want to focus on teacher stability. We want to put focus on, on the budget. And then within the, what the legislature will let us do, we want to try to amend curriculum so it's facilitating excellence at the high school level. We don't have a good way of measuring success after you leave the school system. That's something we've got to come to grips with. And, and I don't have an answer to that right now. You know, in the military, it would be like, you put people through ranger school, how do you know they're successful on the backside? You, you don't. You've got to find a way to get that feedback. There's got to be feedback mechanisms, which we don't have right now, from, from the middle school to the elementary schools, from the high school to the middle school. And those, those folks talk. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. But there's not a formalized mechanism that the board can review and look at where they need to put those critical resources, which, once again, ties back into money. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that leads me. I was just going to ask you how you define success, that, and it's tough. I mean, when you're yeah. moving target or an unknown target. But look, so, so how do you make that strategy a reality? How do you, how do you get down to the tactics of that? How can, as a board member or, or, or the county, really accomplish those goals of, of stabilizing teachers and, and those kind of things? Well, for one thing, you, you've got to have a good connection with, uh, within the board itself. We have a board that works very hard. I think during the first teacher strike, which was two years ago, uh, as a board member, you're, you're only financed, you only get paid for 50 board meetings a year as a max. And I think we worked either 52 or 54 board meetings during that time period. And no one, no one I don't think any board member is concerned about the money. That's not why they're there. Um, so we put an enormous amount of effort into making sure that we're there and operating as a team. And if we're going to accomplish any challenge, you really have to have the entire board online. I mean, you can, you can win with three votes. That's not what we like to do. We need to have consensus. So I would tell you that as board members, we probably don't get along all the time, but we all respect each other. And so we always try to do the right thing. There's a lot of compromise. So if you're going to be on the board, you have to realize that you're going to, you're going to put a lot of effort into it. And on the, on the flip side of that, there's all the mandated state training that you have to go through also. Talk about, about things you need and, and support. Yeah. One of the things we talk about on this program all the time, and I never miss a chance, um, it takes public support. It takes public action. No, no public official or board or anything else in yeah. this county, city, or state, or nation for that matter can really exist without a well-informed, well-engaged populace. So what is it you would ask of the people of the county to, to, to pitch in? And I'm not, I'm not saying dollars-wise, right. maybe it's dollars, but right. what would you ask from them to help you, help you achieve these goals, or help us achieve these goals? One of the things you realize real quick as a board member is the board meetings are not well attended. Um, that doesn't mean the community is not engaged and not interested. It's the fact that they elect you and they expect you to do your job. And you ought to be providing feedback to them. And we go out of our way to make sure that stuff is, is out uh, in the newspaper primarily so that you know what's going on and that the principals and your administrators do a great job of relaying information back down to the students. Now, some of that doesn't make it home. We're in a unique situation here because the school system in Taylor County holds the community together. I mean, we have a lot of poverty here. Um, quite frankly, I don't know how many children rely on their meal during the day uh, as their primary source of, of nutrition. But I would say the rates are probably pretty high. So one of the things the board has done is the last two years, we fed kids throughout the summer. Um, until recently, we were providing health care 
that did the option we were using didn't pan out. Now we're looking for another way to do it because we're afraid they're not getting that at home. So the the parents that if they they really want to help, they need to stay engaged with the board and stay engaged with their schools and their voices are heard because those come to us and and we will balance it with with money and the budget and what's right for the for the majority of folks but the voice doesn't get lost so i would i would say if you're a, if you're a citizen out there and you've got a problem with the school you need to just call your board member uh, i don't know of a single board member that hasn't fielded a call late at night and is happy to do it i mean that's that's what we're there for that's what we're always saying, engagement, engagement, engagement. Yep. You've got, got an idea, you got a thought, yep. you got a problem, got a That's challenge, right. whatever it is. And there's always a great idea out there that we probably haven't thought of. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. so so, we could quickly go into all the challenges we're facing in this county yeah. without a challenge. We could spend hours on it if we want. But what are, what are the opportunities? What do we have here that maybe are unique to Taylor County or at least an advantage for us, yeah. just, just something we can take on? We have excellent teachers, number one. Uh, we unfortunately just had a teacher that, that left out at, at Flemington, and uh, I won't use her name, but she had a, her math score in the state was, she was in the 80, 90 percentile pass rate, uh, third grade teacher, just, just using old-fashioned proven educational techniques to make sure her kids understood math. I think the state average is 40, 50 percent. She's, she's achieving 80, 90 percent. Um, so we, we have a wealth of, of teachers out there that are trying to do the right thing. We just need to allow them to teach, and that's, that's kind of tough to do. Um, if I was, was going to grandstand, I would have brought a copy of the state regulations in for education and laid it out. It's about four inches thick. Uh, mine's dog-eared. It changes every year. You know, that's, that's a challenge, and, and to keep that from impacting on teachers is is a board's primary goal. There, there are a lot of great things done by our legislators. There's a lot of things that probably miss the mark. I would tell you there, there are 51 education bills in this last. None of them address a critical issue of state aid. The state aid formula is, is, a, is a challenge across the board for everybody. I'll use this analogy because we live out by each other. So if you're down in a river bottom and you're, and you're, growing, and you're growing grass for cows, and you got a good piece of ground, and you need your grass to grow about that high, about four inches. Maybe you need a ton of fertilizer, okay? You need a ton of fertilizer to feed your cow adequately. Up on that ridge line, it's a little bit rocky, all right? So you may need three tons of, of, of fertilizer in order to grow the same amount of grass so every cow can get the equal amount of grass. The problem is every county in the state gets $11,000 per student regardless of the economic condition of the county. So if Mon County is the, the, the well-balanced nutritionist grass in the valley, Taylor tends to be on the ridge. That state aid formula is killing us. And it impacts on teachers. And that's not adjusted in any of the bills, not addressed. Yeah. Interesting. And because, of course, that's at state level. So that's true. other than pressure uh, at the county level, right. we can't really impact that. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah. Well, you can talk to your legislators. We, we've got as a question Quite on, a bit. on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... We, we talk about opportunities, yeah, and and I think you really covered the challenge. I mean, so that's that's our biggest challenge is right. the state aid formula on our education side. Yeah, makes sense. It ties into everything. And, it and ties on what we pay our teachers, whether teachers stay or not. 
Did, no. Didn't last cycle in the legislature, did, didn't, there was some state reform of stuff that came up, I thought, through that. Did it not did it it, kind of get washed it out? It must have gotten washed out because I didn't see it this year. In fact, there's a law professor at WVU who was pushing it hard, a brilliant young guy, and, and it just kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. We're the only we're the only state, all the states surrounding us have gone in and re-looked at their, their aid of formulas. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Question, just kind of generally speaking, you know, when we look at uh, board members, they're leaders for our community. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, we, we elect folks in different offices, and, and that's a that's a leadership role in our yeah. county. And so when we see things like, and, and I don't know what, you know, at the time of recording, this COVID-19 coronavirus thing, there's nothing uh, reportedly here. Uh, but by the time it's airing, maybe there will be. I don't know. Mm. And or, or, God forbid, school shootings, those kind of things. I mean, the, the things that come upon us, they're, they're yeah. thrust upon us as a community. Um, and we look to you for the... What are, what are things that, that you as a board member of the board proactively seeking from a leadership perspective to have us either be able to respond correctly or even try to prevent some of those things that, that the unknown? I mean, it's a tough question, yeah. but how, how do you do that? School shootings are a huge, a huge problem. Um, we can't protect the students adequately. Let's make no bones about it. We do everything we can. So we, the city police force, uh, those guys are superb. We get a lot of support from the county, but we do a lot of uh, drills in the elementary schools, uh, at the high school to active shooter drills. Uh, most of the time students aren't there. In fact, we have one plan for Anna Jarvis coming up here in a week. And that's probably the best way to respond to those. You, gotta have, you have to have a proactive plan because it's very difficult to detect a shooter that comes into a school system. Uh, they're going to pick their time and place, and, and it's going to be difficult to respond. I will tell you that probably the, one of the most productive things I've seen recently is Rotary Club and in and, and conjunction with Lions Club, you know, help finance the Stop the Bleed program, where we got adequate tourniquets into the into the school system. That's great. I didn't know they did that. That's yeah, that's yeah. In fact, there's they came up with enough funding, and they were they were pretty expensive. Um, they came up with enough funding to field 12 kits across the schools. We think that's the bare minimum. They're going to continue their fundraising. But that's not coming from the legislature, and that's not coming out of the levy. That's local organizations coming in, identifying a need and a threat, and trying. And so the board's facilitating that. Great. Well, kudos to them. All right, Alex. We reached out to, to local folks in the county uh, for feedback and lots of, lots of questions and comments uh, for the board. Yeah. And I'm always impressed. Thank you all for everyone who submits their questions, and I really appreciate that. Right off the bat, one of those that, that it didn't get much noise in the legislature this round, but um, you know, some of it's been thrusted down to the county level is this school, school choice. And can you discuss kind of your strategy around um, how you see school choice uh, impacting Taylor County or, or, or things we might want to do in that area? I, well, I, I can tell you I'm opposed to vouchers. Um, I'm, I'm also opposed to uh, the charter school system. I, I don't think that's worked other places in the nation. I don't see it working here. We operate on a thin thread here. So if you're, if you're monkeying around with the system and trying something that's already been proved to fail someplace else, that's not the right way to, to do business. So it, it's been very frustrating to watch that come through. When it's obviously failed, vouchers have failed in, in New Orleans uh, terribly. Pennsylvania and Ohio are struggling with charter schools. They, they underperform traditional public schools. The other thing is really, uh, really impact, is going to impact on us more than anything, it concerns me, is open enrollment. Uh, which, which basically says a student can leave the county and go to a school in another county. So let's, let's use Bridgeport because it's a good school system. And they always have a great state championship football team, and a lot of kids are interested in that. So let's say you get $11,000 per year per student. 
and we and we lose 100 students out of the 20 roughly 2400 we have in this county and they go two different directions see they bleed over into marion county and they go to to harrison county now who are you going to lose we're not running the school bus over there so you're going to lose the kids whose parents can afford to drive them or those kids that can afford to to drive their own car over there that's going to be over a million dollars we're going to lose in our school system the legislature approved that open enrollment and now if that happens to us our challenge is to try to keep those kids from leaving uh, and, and make it so they want to stay in the school system and I think we're on the right path for that but we can't operate if we lose a million dollars so what essentially you're going to have is you're going to have school systems that have the haves and you're going to have school systems in these smaller counties that are the have-nots and you're not going to be able to take care of it. That's not an outcome I think any of us are going to want. Um, when we talk about the uh, more more about the property, at least some of the, the questions were coming in around the, this concept, or at least this perception that there's a, a school board or the school organization, if you will, in the school system has more of a fiefdom and kind of a control versus a public servant approach. Whether that's a perception, whether that's reality, um, the idea of facilities to the public, um, how can you address that either? Yep, you see where that yeah. can be perceived that way, or here's how it really is, or maybe it is that way. So I, I don't know of a single entity that we have, we have said uh, no to to use the school system. Um, the mines use it all the time. There's different churches that use the different, the, the different facilities in the school. We've got, you know, wrestling tournaments that, that on go. So uh, Camp Tolls is owned by, by the school system. You know, we don't deny use of that. So I don't really understand why anyone would think that to begin with. It, really, it's no more than contacting the board office and filling out a form and ensuring that you've got insurance and then, then boom, you can use a school facility. Gotcha. Um, there, we've had rules governing that, but I don't know of a single instance in the last four years where anyone's been told no that I can remember. Yeah, great. Well, I, I know you know, we were just talking earlier about the grade digger uh, scores, and that's yeah. interesting. But it, it does seem, at least across the state, performance is a, is a hot topic from education right. perspective, you know, right. in terms of lagging behind or whatnot may be there. And, and so this is, is yeah. a frustrating moment, I think, for most folks. Teachers continually get the blame for that. I mean, it's, it's all in the backs of the teachers, 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 teachers. But, but you know from being in the military, and I know from being in the military and private organizations, when things go wrong, you don't point at the, at, at the teachers or the workers, you point at the leadership. And right. so when, you know, when we look at that, we look at our school system, it's the governor and legislature, it's the state board, and it's the county boards. And so yeah. being a leader in that, not, you know, not, not complete dictator at the top, but being in the middle there, what can be done at our level? I know there's lots of restrictions you mentioned about the code and, and some of the restrictions, the school aid form, and things that really put a hamper on us. But what can we do to increase our outcomes? Well, one thing, you, write for, you can vote for the right person at the national level, at the state level and the national level. Uh, take a look at the education and, and figure out whether it's doing what you want it to do and then vote in that direction. And I hate, I'm not gonna pitch a party, but you, you have to look at which party is really interested in doing education and which one isn't. And let's use, on the international scene, you know, Finland is in the top f world-class school systems year after year. They're always in the top five, if not number one. They're using an American system. That started in 1994. They're using a complete American system. They have no testing uh, at all while you're in school. You have, to, you have to pass a graduation test to get out of school. And they allow those teachers to operate within their areas of expertise within the school. Now, that, that takes a lot of trust. What we're doing is not working. We're 35th in the nation, which means we're, we're below the 50% level, really, 
you know, and so we're not doing that well. We're kind of stuck there. The testing's not doing well. We know vouchers and stuff, so let's, let's go in a different direction. But you're going to have to vote at that level in order to do that. Uh, you're going to have to change your mind. I mean, quite frankly, when, when, when I've sat in an education meeting with a state senator and he can't get his verb tense right and it's a, it's a meeting on education, that guy probably is not the person you want voting on education. So you have to take a hard look at that. At the local level, you've got to engage the school board. Now, they've got to operate within the law, but there's a little bit of leeway. And there's actually a, a bill for the uh, local school safety, I think it's local school safety council, LSIC, if, I, if I'm getting that correct, where there may be some wiggle room where we can do something different with the curriculum. Uh, it's something we, we really need to look at and see what we can do. But your hands are almost tied. And I think people are frustrated with it. Um, so not that you guys are sitting around twiddling your thumbs, but where do we start? If, at yeah. this level, what, what's, what's, where do, where's our, what's our yeah. next steps to try to create better outcomes in this county? Well, for one thing, you need to pass a levy because money's critical. If, if you can't put a roof on a school, then you've got problems. And our levy allows us to do that. You need to take a hard look at whether your board's doing what it needs to be doing. If you're voting in someone who's there because they like the idea of being on the school board and they're not working hard and they're not attending, they're not on time for the meetings, they're not prepared, and you really got to visit a meeting to figure that out, then, then you're probably making a mistake. And then you need to engage the administrations. You, know, you have to be part of the PTA or the PTO, and you have to go, and you have to engage the administrators, and then reach out to reach out directly to your board members. I can tell you there are months that go by where I don't hear anything from anybody as a board member, and then I'll get a flurry of stuff, or, I'll, or, or there'll be a bullying incident, you know, and then we can, we can adjust. We can take care of that fairly quickly. Let's talk about bullying. You, you yeah. mentioned that. It's a little bit later, but I'll jump it ahead. What strategies are working here or elsewhere that, you know, because there were, there were several comments about that. Um, yeah. it's, it's common. It's not just us. It's, it's all over the, um, but, but what are the things that we can do? And I, I use the phrase to help create a culture of achievement and cooperation mm -hmm. as opposed to coercion. What can we do there? Or what are we well, doing? Well, as you know, and I will tell you that coming out of Grafton High School, that was one of the roughest places. I'd rather, I'd rather gone to Iraq than been <laughs> Grafton High School when I was a kid. I mean, it could be rough. It's gotten a lot better since, since those days. Um, we take bullying very seriously at the board level. I mean, we've got policies in place and everything else, but, but you're talking about changing a, a culture within the student population. And what we've done is we've engaged a local nonprofit, he's actually out of Bridgeport, that's gonna come in and start doing a, a symposium with the freshmen in high school and talking to them about being respectful to each other. And he's had a lot of success. Um, that's one of our first initiatives. Now, what we found is that's being proactive. You can always react. That's not what you want to do with bullying. You've got to start early at the elementary school level and address it. And I got to tell you, we do that across the board, but we probably need to change it up a little bit because we're still missing some kids. And these kids are coming out of backgrounds that aren't pleasant. Uh, some of these kids really, are, it's really challenging for them to come into a school and set and be respectful to fellow students and not fight. And a lot of the times, it's the systems in place that kind of keep that. So we like to have our teachers out in the hallways when, the, when the, most of our administrators or principals go, all right, you have a place of duty when the classroom change. You try to eliminate the areas where there is bullying that you know that's ongoing and address it that way. Now, I will tell you that when I, I first came on the board, uh, we, had a, we had a 
good deal of expulsion hearings. Um, we're seeing, we've seen less and less every year, and we have not had an expulsion hearing this year, wow. uh, which is really refreshing. Yeah. yeah. So something's working. Yeah. You know, we just got to, but it's really, it's, it's a holistic approach to making sure that everybody knows that they are important. And because a lot of the bullying is because, look, my life's miserable. You know, I don't, I don't get enough to eat. But at least I'm not that kid. If I beat up on the kid, and, and we have to eliminate that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's culture. It's, yeah, it's, it's a whole culture yeah. change. It's a, it's not just for the school board to figure out, but uh, certainly that's where the right. that's where the results are. When we go back to kind of preparing, preparing our, our kids to be adults and be be competent workers, um, this idea of workforce readiness and and technical school versus a college prep route, and that's been a top popular topic over the last yeah. couple of years. And I think people are coming around to the fact that everybody doesn't have to go to a four-year right. liberal arts institution. What are we doing around trade schools or apprenticeship or those kind of things? I, what, what programs are we looking at or, or, or strategies we're putting in place to kind of address that? So we have, uh, you know, we have the tech center of the high school, and that's important. Then we have, then we also have the United Technical Center over in the Clarksburg area. That we, we really don't have that many students engaged over there. We probably have, I think, anywhere from 10 to 20. Is it just because of the travel year. and those kind of the, the logistics, or is it? Other I'm not really sure if it's that or it's just the fact that they're really not getting what they want. The, the, you know, so we're looking, one of the things we're looking at here recently is aviation. We're working with Harrison County partnering because you've got uh, several aviation companies in the Bridgeport area that are, that are interested. Uh, the Red Hat program uh, has done very well for the mine. I think in the last four years they put 35 miners to work. That was the last number I got. Uh, 35 kids came out of high school and went straight into, into the mine. So there are opportunities here, but you know as well as I do, if you're not going to go on and get a technical skill set, whether you're you're going to be a plumber or you're going to be a, you know, you're going to have, if you're going to be a successful construction guy, you got to have a little bit of everything. Uh, I say that and then try to find an electrician or a plumber here locally. It's pretty, it's pretty tough. Uh, so, so those jobs are there. The opportunities there. We have to continue to make sure that the kids have the have the skill sets to walk in there. You still got to have you still got to be able to read. You still got to know math. I, I will tell you one of the things I think has helped out more than anything. Um, one of the English teachers in the high school was briefing us recently on the success they're having at the reading program at the high school, where they simply took books and put them back in classrooms. I mean that's a blinding flash of the obvious, but you think kids are more technology driven. But they're picking these books up, and the teachers are starting to see them read in the hallways. And they're, they're everything. They're from hockey story books, you know, a book about a hockey team, to, to westerns. But it's just getting them reading because that's a skill set they're going to need regardless of where they go. You know, and so it's the fundamentals of math. And, and of course, we really have to have history, too, so they understand where they're going. You don't know where you've been. You don't know where you're going to go. You know, so, but it's it's making sure the basics of that education there. And it's, and it's a real struggle to make that an enjoyable process. And our teachers, I think, go well beyond uh, the norm to try to help kids get there. I would challenge any, any, anybody uh, in the local area, go see the library at the high school and what Mrs. Bartlett's done out there. Go see the library that's changing at the middle school and look at the effort that's going into those. That's not only uh, having the right teacher in the right spot, but having the resources to help them out. Yeah. And that's what's going to fundamentally change the opportunities for these kids. Now, at the end of the day, they still have to take advantage of that. Sure. Sure. You know, we've, we, we have some kids who 
say, well, education is bad here in Taylor County to do anything. On the other hand, we have a young man who just, who year before last got a four-year scholarship to MIT. So it's there, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's available. That's a good story. I'm glad to hear that. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier was about the in-school health clinics. And I, I know yeah. that, you know, so that, that just is, is it all about funding? Is there a reason for, for why that came out? And what, what, you mentioned some of them, there may be plans to pull that back in somehow. So funding is the issue. It's a big issue. Uh, the health department had some funding issues locally, and they were, they, were, they were operating in the school system. We could not. In fact, we actually engaged the county commission and the city council to help partner to fund this thing, and, and none of us could come up with the amount of funding that we really needed to get it done. So one of the goals that the board's given the superintendent is, is find some other alternatives to replace that, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Because if we can, if we can keep a kid in school, we can teach them. So chronic absenteeism is a, is a huge issue. You know, if we can keep them healthy, keep them in school, the, they can go down, they can, you know, a, a nurse can look at them. We have school nurses. But this is the health, having the health department there was a resource not only for the, for the students, but for the teachers also. Sure. So we need to replace that. I mean, I, I hate to say that you're now relying on your school system, not only to educate your kids, feed your kids, but take care of their health. But that, that's a holistic approach that allows those kids to flourish as a student. And that's what's important. The world is changing and has changed. Yes. It, it, our local has changed right. to where those needs are there where they maybe weren't uh, so many years ago. So or, or they were there and we just ignored them. Or that. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, kind of the, the, the last question around here is just around non-typical learners and special needs kids. What are we doing yeah. in this county um, to, to, to make it more accessible for those folks to, to learn and thrive? Well, so... We've talked about virtual academy, and, and I think that's an opportunity in the future. I know the legislature is looking a lot at that and how, how that can be funded. Um, one of my concerns has always been the alternative learning center, which is where if we have a, a child that goes through expulsion, you know, we're, they still got to be educated. So they come to the, the, uh, the over to uh, Printing Town to the uh, uh, school board center, and then we have a, a teacher that monitors them, and then they go through. They get through their classes over there. We've pulled them out of the classroom. Uh, I've never really been satisfied with that. That's something that I know that, that I don't think our superintendent's satisfied with. We're constantly looking at ways of improving that. Uh, and that's a non-traditional means of, of learning. But, but look, it boils down to this. I know people don't like to hear this. There's a social responsibility that's involved in all this. There's only so much money to go around. If, if you spread stuff too thin, then the masses, the mass of your students are not going to get taken care of. So we have to find the balance there. How do you help that non-traditional learner to make sure that he's going to have success? And then how do you help the bulkier students who aren't that challenged? Some of the options for folks are homeschooling. Uh, we have, I think, 208 homeschoolers in the county. Uh, and we, we check their portfolios. Every one of them does a, last year, every one of them did a portfolio management type of, of deal so we could check them. And, uh, but those are, those are pretty much on the parents. You know, they've, they've decided that's what's best for their child and, they've, and that's what they're, they're operating with. Sometimes I think, sometimes it works. My fear with, is that we don't have the checks and balances to make sure. I mean, you've got some really, really dedicated parents out there that are making sure it's done right. You've got some parents who might be doing that because of truancy issues or they don't want to get up 
and get their kids ready in the morning, how do you know? The, the checks and balances are not there. Yeah, that's tough. Well, going to a much more lighthearted question. Great. We We're going to talk, <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> talk about cows? Yeah, we're going to talk about cows. Well, maybe. Uh, the question is, and I love it, it's, it, you reach out for what people kind of like. I love this one. It's yeah. under, what are you most grateful for? Oh, my family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. Uh, I don't know how my wife tolerates me, but she she does. Grateful that she does. Yeah. The kids, not so much, but but the wife at least she she hasn't kicked me out yet. Yeah. And and you know I grew up in this area. We had a we have a huge family. There's a uh, a dad had uh, five brothers and six sisters, and you know you you moved into kind of the the Wickwire Cherry Run area. That's where most of my family comes from, and and I just like being back here. Uh, you know, we're, we're a county that's, that's struggling to find our identity. You know, you and I have talked about that. Uh, we're probably never going to be an industrial-based community anymore. The Hazel Atlas closed in 1957. I don't think we ever recovered from it. It's kind of been downhill since then. Um, we need, I would love to see us embrace more of a, uh, a, a great place to live and grow up and then have coffee shops and boutiques and a and a super functioning school system that want, makes people want to move here and enjoy what we've got. Doug Floor for Board of Education, thanks for joining us. Good luck. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it.